by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, host Jason Glick, how are you? Hey, co-host John Murphy, how are you doing? <laughs> not bad, not bad. What, well, what's, what do you have for us today? Hey, well today I've got the latest volume of Fables by Bill, by um, creator Bill Willingham. I mean, it's it's a series that I've been reading for quite some time. I've probably post, I've posted a couple of reviews on it on, on the website as well. But um, this this volume I felt talk I felt I felt compelled to talk about because it represents like a milestone um, for both the series and also DC Vertigo um, creator own series as well. Because like this this fifteenth volume Rose Red is not is not only the second series to hit um, the hundred issue mark. Um, one hundred bullets was the first one, but it is the first one to continue on to continue on beyond that. And um, and also I. And also, this, this particular volume also represents a uh, like a, a turning point in the in the in the series' current current ongoing storyline. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar familiar with the series, it's got a great high concept. One of those like, you know, why didn't I think of this before? Basically, it's all about the um the characters from fairy tales living in the modern world. So you got, I mean, you got like Snow White, the big bad wolf, the um the, the, her sister um Je- her sister Rose Red, um King. King Cole, um, Rogue Jack, Jack of Fables, all these characters living, living in the modern world, like in a, uh, it's like in this, in this, um, it's an environment called Fable Town, where they just, where they live, where they just live, where they live in and um, work out their day to day livings, or at least that's the way it was uh, up until around Volume seventy five. Because the reason they're living in our world is because they were driven out um, by the adversary, someone who, like, being of them, who is supposed to be of immense power, but eventually. But um, was eventually defeated, and he was eventually eventually revealed as Geppetto, Pinocchio's father. Because after he was, apparently, it turns out that his um, ability to create um, like puppets and then bring them to life by the magic of the blue fairy turned out to be very handy for um, you know, hey, like his his buddies came o- came around and asked him, yeah, it's like our our local ruler isn't kind of being kind of a dick. Can you just like create a duplicate of him to just uh, you know, get rid of him, make things more favorable to us? Well, yeah, Geppetto, Geppetto did that, but it also but it also worked out so that hey, um, his puppets were also loyal to him as well. So he basically became very, very good at ruling, at ruling and securing power while being while also being the man behind the shadows, just, just ruling, ruling everything from a shadow empire. Now, he was he, his schemes were eventually foiled, um, in in issue seventy five, which basically, which by all means would have been like a, a nice um fitting end of the series. Um, series creator Bill Willingham decided, hey, you know what? I've just got other stories to tell. And after and after that issue, he began to tell the story of, our, of the um, fable struggle against um, one of the entities that um, Geppetto had. Because while Geppetto was ruling, he had also been boxing up all the really nasty um, characters, the kind that you don't want to um, let, run, let, let go in the world. These include um, the entity known as Mr. Dark. Now, Mr. Dark, he's... Uh, his weakness as a villain is that he's not really well defined. He's not. He doesn't represent like a um, specific fable, um, but he's basically like the living manifestation of of, of evil. I mean, like in while well, in what terms like that, while well, just being absolute evil is just you know is kind kind of just leads you to be, ab- be absolutely boring. In fact, that oh I'm evil, I'm just going to go and kill everyone and make everything bad. <laughs> but he's act. But the thing is like. I like the way that he's um they've been um developing him over the course of the series. So he's basically I mean he's basically not just like you know just bad thing happening to good people. He's basically like he's the uh it's like he he's the dark he's he's the bad thing under your bed. He's it's like it's like 
it's like he's just like it's like it's all your all your irrational fears, just like um common common prejudice, like all those kinds of things, like the, all like all things that that basically make humanity um like make humanity like um, do round things to each other. That's what he represents, and. And um, he also, and but he's also got like a um, great, um, wicked, um, goof, almost goofy sense of humor that offsets the fact that he's just like a really, really scary motherfucker. I mean, it's such a fact that he, he's got this like craving for your teeth as well. He'll just, that's one of his pet pet things. I mean, like whenever whenever he makes, whenever he kills people, he'll just like, ooh, I can just taste your teeth already, that kind of thing. Now, now this volume. Um, basically represents a turning point, but I'm getting ahead of myself here because basically the first story, um, is basically a prime example of what what Willingham and uh, um does does really well with the series, and that's um, basically like um like thread all the like thread the the story like the um fable stories together in a nice nice cohesive whole for, for the purposes of this series at least because basically um Snow White's sister Rose Red um has um ha- is the um head of the farm the uh, Place where all the non-human fables are shipped are shipped off to to keep them away from the prying eyes of the mundane people or the mundies as as they're called here. However, ever since the death of her of her boyfriend Boy Blue a couple of, couple of volumes back, she's been in a, in a deep depression and has not has not been able to, and has not left her bedroom since. Um, here though, we learn we, we learn her full story. Um, basically, how she it's like um like her, her relationship with with Snow back in the day. And um, it's like and her and her time when um, she when she's when she re- reunited with her sister and it's and if you're familiar with the story of like Rose Red and Snow White from the from the Brothers Grimm's Brothers Grimm tale it's like a, it's impressive like how Willingham like like manages to, like we um like tease like um weave the story story threads together like in a way that makes that makes logical sense and also sets up the conflicts that these char- these characters have like throughout through the present day. So it's so it's a it's a good story and it does a good job of like um of getting um of getting um Rose Red back on her feet and basically positioning her as the new leader of this this fable town for a while. However, at the same time though, we're also getting with we're also finding out what um with um what Frau Totenkinder um who is now who um well who uh well that's the that's problem with like um explaining all this backstory because basically because Totenkinder I mean she's one of the one of the um. Uh, Fable Town's most powerful witches, and um, the short version is: well, she's she has roots in a lot. Like, Rowling has established that she's had roots in lots of other stories. She's best known as the witch from Hansel and Gretel. So she, so basically, she's a she's a real piece of work and probably one of the most powerful characters in the series. And she has had to make her final work, final contribution to the world by taking out Mister Dark. And that's the um. And that's a conflict for, for volume 100. Now, the thing about fables, though, is that Willis, fables has done something interesting, or at least um, unconventional in the way it handles conflicts. It's like for a while now, it's like we've seen uh, well, well, evil has been built up really well. I mean, like basically insurmountable um, in some ways since the series began. Good has always had the power to really steamroller over evil in this course of the series. Look at volume. Look at um, Good Prince, where um, Flycatcher basically establishes the Kingdom of Haven and just breaks the um, power of, um, Geppetto, of Geppetto's um, kingdom. And then the um, subsequent volume, where where our heroes um, basically, where heroes from Fable Town go in and just take 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 out the trash. So here, though, it's like you've got um, like you got the uh, sing, the hundred 
you got the, the story, single combat, where um, Frau Totenkinder, who has now assumed her um, previous form, Bellflower, and is going to um, go toe-to-toe with Mr. Dark. She, like, he, he's, um, he's, he's pure evil. He's pure evil in the sum of all fears. She has the advantage in that she has been around for a long time, knows all sorts of tricks, and she has no fear. So it's so it's fun seeing them go seeing seeing their um back and forth, but for the most part, um like it's a it's a slow it's a, it's a slow crawl to see um Totenkinder attack attack and wear down Mr. Dark's um Mr. Dark's um pow, powers, and it's it's a good it's a good battle, and at the very end she she triumphs she she seals up in his in a golden statue, um like and that's the end of the story. No, no, it really isn't because, like I said, the series goes goes on beyond 100, and I do, and it's, and um, this, and like I said, the conflict between Mr. Dark has now been, it's now been re- reframed and re- and refocused. I like, it does set up a good, set up a lot of interesting, interesting potential story threads from the reveal of um Beauty and the Beast's daughter, her true form, from, let's see, from, from from Miss Spratt, the uh, nasty, uh, let's see, the nasty nurse who is now. Who's now working for the enemy, and also just and also what Ozma, the new witch who has taken um, Totenkinder's place in the Feebles community, as well as um, what Rose Red's plans for leadership. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff, good um, story potential for from from here, like from here on out. And I I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how seeing how that turns out in in subsequent volumes. But especially oh, and also I can't can't be remiss of that. The fact that Geppetto just can't stop scheming. I mean, the man—he's tasted absolute power, and now he's going to do everything to get it back. And unfortunately, um, as the um, prose story, which is written by regular series, which is written by regular series artist um, Mark Buckingham and illustrated by um, Bill Willingham, um, shows he's actually got some plans in that regard. Now, let me just say that, um, like I said, I mentioned um, artist Mark Buckingham, and well. I've always liked his work. I mean, he's on one hand, well, he's a very—he's not a very detailed artist, but he's very, but he's very competent, and he's got like a great imagination. I mean, like all all the crazy fantasy stuff that Willingham Willingham dreams up, like uh, he is more than capable of, of rising to the challenge to draw. And the man can keep to a monthly schedule, and that's that's fantastic as well. But you've also got, um, but the series also tracks um, like lots of various artists to um, to create, like the work of Anaki Miranda, who um, has this. There's a issue, there's a single issue story in this volume where it focuses on Mr. Dark and um the pre the pre dual meeting he has with the North Wind. It's a gorgeous um dark tale, dark but not mud, muddy. It's like in called Dark City where he we just get to see him him on a regular day in New York City and how he just lords over his like his witherlings and the, um and how influence affects the other people in in New York. It's a, it's ab, it's absolutely gorgeous and while I understand that this. This kind of like um, stuff would be hard to draw on a monthly basis. Like it's a great, it's a great one issue treat. You also get some nice one issue story, like um, bonus stories from, from artists such as um, Chrissy Zulo and um, series new series cover artist um, Joao Ruas um, to fill up, to round out the end round out the volume as well. Plus we also get some celebrity burning questions, um, which tell us how like, who makes the Tabletown comic books can. Can the can one of the actors from CSI New York um, get uh, Snow White's phone number? Um, how what is um, Buffkin the Flying Monkey doing after he defeated Baba Yaga? And um, 
And also, what was Geppetto thinking when he created when he carved Pinocchio's mouth? I mean, it's great. It's like great work, great work from all the all the artists involved. And we also get and we also get like a nice like fables on puppet, like on finger puppet theater, and and also like a little board game as well. It's a it's a great, it's a huge assortment of stuff to mark the hundredth issue, and it's it's a lot of a lot of fun now. To be honest, as you probably um, guessed from the fact that I've tried to um like all all parts of I've, parts of where I where I've stumbled trying to explain the backstory of the series, this is not a good jumping on point. It's like if you like if you haven't read the series, I highly recommend you check it out now, especially since um, Vertigo is um, reprinting the series in nice deluxe um, hardcover editions, which collect two trade paperback volumes, or at least a, a greater than usual um, volume for each for each collection. So I highly recommend checking that out. Um, even if um, the series doesn't have like great high concept, who is the adversary? Um, question that drove the fe- drove previous volumes. It's still got a. Uh, it's it's so it like this volume shows that it still has um still some miles to go with with the Mister Dark storyline. Um, and hey, if it goes for another, if this goes for another uh, fifty issues to resolve that story, I'd still be happy because because he's he's done he's done. Willingham's done a great job so far. Just it's, and it's still just a joy to see how how effortlessly the man um works in like works in these story like um threads these on um, various various um fairy tales together and just creates like cre- like lots of clever things where instances that, that draw on like stuff you never thought of before like how um Pinocchio um try um lays a beat down on the blue fairy from the in the very first chapter after the fact that oh wait yeah he's he was made into a boy at the very beginning but he doesn't age so he's taken out all his aggression on on the girls who who wanted to go the mile go the extra distance with him but couldn't because he looks too young so so it's it's fun it's fun stuff like that that makes the series series worth worthwhile and it's and I'm looking forward to seeing like if not not necessarily another 15 volumes from Fullingham but you know just like I said just more like I said the series still has still has my still has um gas in its tank and I'm and I'm definitely looking forward to see, seeing where where it goes from here and see on that note it's like we call it a night and in two weeks well two weeks it'll be uh, May 4th. And then two days later, the first major comic book movie of the summer comes out. And just so you know, I've been re- slowly reading my way through um, all of Walt Simonson's run on Thor, thanks to Marvel's hand- handy omnibus. And um, I'm definitely, and so far, I haven't finished it yet, but I am. But I will say that it is a, reading through this is a great way to prime you, pri- like prime anyone for the movie. So, that note, back in two weeks to talk about Thor by Sim- Simonson. And, of course, by um, Ennis and Ellis, because, you know, I can't stop talking about those guys either. All right, everyone. Call it a night. All right. See you later. Bye.